Is dad bod inevitable or is there a way to escape it? We're going to find out on today's special episode with Brian Scuderi. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. When we finally decided to grow our social media presence, Canva was the only option. I tried dozens of alternatives, but I had to admit that nothing else comes close. We use Canva for social images, print-on-demand designs, and tons more at Serve No Master. Grab a free account today at servenomaster.com front slash Canva. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. Now, this is a topic near and dear to my heart because I work from home. And once you start working from home, it's easy to lose all that discipline, right? Everything falls apart. And every time you make a plan, it's like, oh, the gym is so far away. And life gets busy, especially as we're dads, kind of it's become this whole modern statement, right? Always got a dad bod. Like dads aren't expected to have good bods anymore. And there's all these things out there. And I found your story really interesting because the same thing happened to me. I was uh, going to on a flight with my wife and they made me step on the luggage scale because the plane was small and they didn't want to crash it. And they had to move people around. I came in at 285, shocked me. I was like, what happened? Because you just stop paying attention. Like I have a girlfriend now with my girlfriend at the time. What does it matter? Right. And you, I just ballooned. And so I put on massive amounts of weight and that was like my moment. I was like, I got to make a change. I've lost about 60 pounds since then, still on the journey, right? It's still a continual journey, but it's very interesting. And that's why I'm so fascinated by your story is that whenever you're on a diet that's working, everyone wants to give you advice. Like that's the number one people think, you go, I lost six pounds. They go, let me tell you how to lose more. It's like, but what I'm doing is working. Why would I, people in dieting more than anything else, they love to give unsolicited advice. So I really want to hear about your story, about how you first realized you had your moment of revelation and then how you turned that into starting to build a business. Very interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. The, it was a very similar, like, I call it like a, oh, uh, well, I, I don't know. Am I allowed to curse on here? No? Okay, good. I'm glad I asked. So I call it like the, oh man moment, like the, oh, I messed up moment, right? You see the number on the scale. It's like everything feels very real because everything is so gradual on a day-to-day basis. You take a look at your body in the mirror. You take a look after you take a, get out of the shower and you don't see much change on a day-to-day. And then you have that oh man, moment where the number becomes real. And for me, that was when my, my, I used to have a lot more hair (laughs) and it was all messed up. And my wife was like, oh, your hair looks crazy right now. And she just snapped a picture. This was six years ago. And then she showed me and I just like was standing there looking derpy. I had man boobs and (laughs) I was like, I've never been this heavy in my life. And just like you said, it was something that was so far on the back burner because Once you're in your late 20s, you're super focused on your career, right? I was getting married to my girlfriend, now wife. I was super focused on that. I was super focused on building a team. I was super focused on really everything that was like what what we're told to focus on. And then I took a look at my body and I was like, I've never looked like this in my life. And that was something that I, I was like, I knew I needed to change. So I immediately like that night started researching up diets and every diet, fad diet known to mankind came into play, right? Oh, try keto. Oh, go vegan. And then 2019, it was like Game Changers came out. It was like, if you're not eating plants for every single facet of your life, like you're messing up. And I just started to get really, really confused over the course of three years. I kept switching gears, changing. Like, do I want to go keto? Do I want to try one meal a day? Do I want to try intermittent fasting? After about three years of trying literally everything and not getting anywhere, because I would progress and then I would regress, right? You lose 10 pounds, you gain 10 pounds. Lose 15 pounds, gain 15 pounds. And so then I started to figure out like, well, what's sustainable as a dad? What's sustainable as a business owner? What's sustainable as somebody who wants to win in their career, but also not look like crap along the way? Because we don't want it to be mutually exclusive, right? You shouldn't either have a good body and a crappy business or an amazing business and a crappy body. So we want them to work in harmony. And that's what my whole program came about. Yeah, that's what's really hard is that you are trying to balance these different things. And we're, I think we approach life like when you play one of those Dungeons and Dragons games where you're like filling out the cards and you'll have so many points. It's like, how much do I put in health versus intelligence, right? And we think, well, 
what's going to get me all the way? And because there's this idea, right? That if a guy's got really mus- big muscles, he's dumb. And if he's got really small muscles, he's smart, right? We think that we have to, it's a zero sum game. And there's this belief that we have not enough time or not enough energy, but what's really weird and it's counterintuitive, but if you exercise, you have more energy. Like I'm more energetic today because I work out when I woke up. And the other thing that's really tricky is that not the same thing works for every person. Like I know a lot of people, they work out after work. I'll tell you right now, never. It will never happen for me. I know if I don't work out in the first hour after I wake up, I'm not working out. Like it's just not happening. And that's knowing myself, right? And some and the thing you said about diets is really good because there are so many fad diets, it's overwhelming. And I'm on paleo, that's what works for me, but that's because it's sustainable. I really like the stuff that I can eat on paleo. And so when people talk about keto, I go, I don't like that. Right. It's out and everyone on keto is so like they're always trying to convince you. It's like people tell you if they're vegetarian, people tell you if they're keto. Like they need you to know right away. I never say I would only mention because you mentioned it, right? And the reason is because it's very easy for me. But then people see what I'm on. I eat mostly fruit because I live in a tropical climate, eat fresh fruit all the time. Fruit is a large percentage of my diet. And people are like, Oh, you shouldn't be eating those fruits. And I'm like, Yeah, but my weight's going down, all my numbers are good. I'm tracking my blood tests are really good, my health is really good all of those things. People love to give you the external advice and then you jump on their diet and there's some crazy diets out there. I saw one that's like the cookie diet. And I'm like, well, I already don't like the sound of that. Like that already sounds like crazy. And there's crazy. all these things. I'm not good at restrictive diets. Like anytime where there's like rules, like calorie counting diets don't work for me. Very tough for me, but like everyone wants to give you advice. So it's very murky. It's like the murkiest place for information. It seems like, you know, cause you see every single bodybuilder massive muscles. And then they're recommending a supplement. I'm like, that's not how you got there. Like, come on. I know what you're doing. Like, come on. I have a, a friend of mine is competing in Mr. Universe. I know what has to happen to do that. And we have, we all pretend it's what's not happening. There's so much misinformation. So that's, what's really overwhelming. I think is the first is the idea that one, there's one super diet that work for everyone. Right. And there's one super thing. And I think that's why most people just get overwhelmed because there's so much advice. And even now, actually before this call, I was trying to look up a paleo cookbook. So hard to find one for some reason. There's all these cookbooks that like some of the recipes are paleo or some, and I'm like, don't do that. What is, like, it's either like really weird recipes or it has other recipes mixed in. I'm like, don't do that. I don't want to have to look through the book and check each recipe manually. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. So that's really strange how hard it, but if you want to slow cook a recipe, there's a million, for some reason, millions of slow cooker cookbooks. We don't have a slow cook. No, no worries. I always say that when it comes to dieting, there it's like a spectrum. On one end, you have hyper restriction, and the other on the other end, you have like tracking. Okay, so what most people try to do is they try to find something that like they'll land on that spectrum. Some guys do really, really well with tracking. I do super well with counting calories, counting macros. It's like. It, I love it because for me, it allows me to eat the things that I want to eat, right? So if I want to have a Rice Krispie treat or if I want to have a chocolate chip cookie or if I want to have a Dunkin' Donuts donut or something like that, something that's really out of the ordinary that I may only do once every couple of weeks or something like that, I can fit it in. Like I'm on a cut right now. I've had ice cream every single day and I've consistently lost weight every single day because I know like how many calories are in it, how, and what are the macros, right? And when I understand what food is, I can then apply it into my life. Some guys just don't even want to have to go that extra step. And so you take it from the quote-unquote tracking side of things where you're counting calories and macros, and you start to lean more towards the restrictive side. And I'm not saying that you need to cut out literally every single little thing in your life, but maybe you restrict it four or five days a week. Maybe you restrict it five, six days a week where it's five or six days out of the week, I'm only eating paleo. And then I can have the one meal on Saturday, one meal on Sunday. And so you got to find that balance. And it really comes down to testing things out. And so my program is all about understanding. And I even have a phase, which is the first month of every single one of my programs, I have three programs. Every single one of my programs is an awareness phase where we have to just pay attention, right? It's not about changing literally anything. We're just going to start to pay attention to the choices that we make because food is this passive thing, right? We just go through our day like, well, what what do I have available? I got a Pizza Hut, I got a Taco Bell, I got a Wendy's, like, what am I gonna eat? And I know you don't live in America, so I'm sure it's like, what fruit am I eating, right? A little bit of a different choice, but without any sort of awareness phase, without any sort of tracking, or without any sort of understanding what, what you're actually doing, change is inevitably very difficult. But I know guys that love 
paleo. I know guys that love keto. And like you said, they're zealots. They just want to sell everybody on everything. Yeah. I have a friend who's on a diet that's the opposite of paleo. It's like all carb and he's losing tons of weight. And I was like, well, that definitely wouldn't work for me. <laughs> it's like, if I eat a piece of, and that thing is very interesting to see. He's literally like every restriction I have, he has the opposite side of the fence. He's like, I'm drinking whole milk and eating bread every day. And he's lost like a ton of weight. And it just goes to show that for different people, different things work. And I've tried a lot of different diets. And this is one where I can be pretty consistent. I'm not craving things because there's a paleo version of almost everything. And yeah, the thing that is, I know for myself, if I leave the house, that's when it gets tricky, right? If I'm out with the kids, took the kids out for a movie the other day, guess what? There's no options for healthy. The one place in the mall that makes healthy place, everything's out of stock. That's the one thing that does have it here. So the two fast food places, they're loaded up. So that's tricky. I've also started trying and doing an intermittent fasting diet, which, and added that on top of it. But I've been doing paleo for two years, trying to get better and better at it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And kind of trying it as an add-on. The first thing they do, you start doing 68 a weekend. They're like, hey, why don't you try flipping it and making 18.6? I'm like, guys, that is not what I signed up for, right? Like they're, they try to jump you too fast to these harder ones. And I'm like, what are you going to do next? 24. Now, 16.8, I'm pretty good at. I usually actually do 17 hours fasting or whatever. And it's interesting to see that I don't have a lot of cravings. I just went downstairs. I was like, oh, I got to be up doing a lot of calls tonight. The old me would have grabbed a hot chocolate, but I was like, that's not allowed. I'll have a tea. I'm always trying to become a tea. That's something I'm always trying to shift to. I'm always trying to shift to tea, but I also always hate it. Like that's like my, the thing I've been trying for so long. My tea is, I don't like coffee. It makes me feel sick. Hot chocolate. I love it, but it's so bad for me. Tea's the happy middle. And I drink like a fruit tea. It's not a tough guy tea, but it's really, that's one of my struggles is like, gives me caffeine. That's why I'm so hyped right now. Probably why I'm so chatty. Usually I don't talk as much. I'm like amped up because I had three sips of tea, but it helps me to make better decisions. And it is interesting to have a moment where you go, oh, I'm done eating. Right. And I don't, and it, but that's just, it doesn't work for everyone. There's a lot of people that don't work. For a long time, I couldn't do it when I was doing a lot of night work. It is harder when I work long, long hours at night and I'm my, outside my eating window. But it's so important, I think, to be aware of what you're eating, be aware of what works for you. Because it's very interesting to me that you can do... What you described to me is literally my nightmare. Of trying to write down everything I eat. Even when you're supposed to take pictures of every meal, I'm not good at that. My wife tried it too. We both hate it. But And the diet that works for her is not the diet that works for me. So it's very important. I think that's the first thing is to think, yeah, what am I doing? Because we eat so much stuff. I'm just aware now of how much I night eat, right? Like yeah. I'm like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. I'm like, oh, normally I would have a snack now or this. And you just realize that it's not actually hunger. I don't have, like I had more hunger pains before. And so if I mess up, like if something happens, like I was sick last weekend, so I had to take a lozenge and I was having more hunger pains because of that, where if I go a whole 16 hours without eating anything, I don't have the hunger pains. And it's like crazy, right? It's like, oh, if I eat a little, something makes me want more. So there's a lot of stuff you learn about your body. And the other thing you learn as you get in your 40s is that it's a lot harder to lose weight in your 40s than it is in your 20s and 30s. Yeah, 100%. Body turns against you, but it's very interesting to me. So what do you think are the biggest reasons that people slide out of shape and then, or get stuck? Yeah, the biggest one is it's standards. As we change, as we get older, we find that like our health standards simply decline. I always say that it's not even the fact that it's a, a, a declination. It's actually just what they always were. But when we're 18, 19, 20, 25, 26, 27, like we're in our, our teens and 20s, we can get away with a bunch of different stuff. We develop, we grow up with a very crappy relationship with food because what happens after soccer games when you're a kid, right? You go get Pizza Hut and all that other good stuff. And so we link super hyper palatable foods with celebration. And of course, our, our metabolism can handle it. After we turn 25, it's a slow decline. We get into our 30s and we keep the same habits that we had in our early 20s and it just builds and slows and builds and slows. And so our standards become very evident to us in our 30s and especially in our 40s. And so that's the big thing. If we, we hold these low standards of what we believe and, and is what's possible for us and what the dad should look like. You even said it before you opened up, like is the dad bod inevitable? And society gives us like the standards that they have for dads is very simple. You're fat. You're probably dumb. You're probably a bumbling idiot. Like these are the things that are like society preaches to us through commercials, through television, through movies, right? It's just, you're like the, you're always the butt of the joke or you're always just making a joke. 
And so what ends up happening is that becomes the programming that we inevitably fall into as dads. And so we just have to like raise our standards. Like I have a certain standard in the way that I want to look. I have a certain standard in the way that I want to eat. I have a certain standard in the way that I like, I go to bed at the same time. I wake up at the same time, seven days a week, doesn't matter. I just have very high standards and the higher your standards are, your life needs you there. Like we don't rise and fall to the level of our goals. We rise and fall to the level of our, the standards that we hold in our life. It's really interesting. At my heaviest, I couldn't jump anymore. And I was like, oh, and this is a really interesting conversation because it happens to everyone at some age. It's supposed to happen when you're 90, not when you're like 35. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm stuck. Like I'm stuck to the ground. I had this kind of moment. And there's a couple of, as you, I don't know if this happens to women, as a guy, right? Your feet start to duck. They start to go out and out because your gut's pushing down. So your feet widen and widen. You don't walk in a you don't walk parallel feet anymore. Your feet are both pointing out and there's these different waypoints, at least for my body. And I was like, oh, I don't run anymore, right? I can't jog anymore. All these things I couldn't do. Now I still suck at running. Like I can't do a race. My kids are very fast because I was like very paranoid about my kids ending up like me. I was an indoor kid. I had really bad eating habits. My parents had teach you about health. They didn't demonstrate the things. And my kids don't look like me. Like all my kids are ripped. People are like, are those your kids? I'm like, yeah, because I don't want them to have to deal with what I deal with. So I'm trying to teach them at an early age. They're very active. They're very much outside. I'm always encouraging them outdoor toys. But I said, I want to be able to do things. Like I want to go up a flight of stairs without changing my breath. Like you have these internal things, but we have this standard. We go, before that, I was like, I want to go up a flight of stairs without getting dizzy, <laughs> right? And it's like, that's a much lower standard. It's like, I want to go up a flight of stairs without needing to lie down. And we keep, you're exactly right that you kind of go, I don't want to be like that anymore. Right. Like, and I exactly the same thing. If I said, I want to be able to run, then that would become a thing. It's just, I do a lot of swimming instead. Like I want to do other things. My kids all do Taekwondo, which I did when I was young. It's like, I still need to take all four of them at the same time. Right. Every once in a while, they get their new belts. They come and they just got their blue belts. I was like, let's just check. Right. And like dad fights dirty. Like they don't teach you stuff in Taekwondo that daddy will do at home because when you're dad, you have to win every fight. Like that's the first rule. And yep. I want to be able to keep up. And that's a lot of it is that you have these points where you go, I'll let the kids play next to me instead of with me. I can't run with them. I can't keep up with them. I can't pick them up. There's a lot of these things that we let go of. And exactly, maybe right that standards is the right word. We go, oh, I'm not the kind of dad who picks up my kids, or I'm not the kind of dad who plays with my kids. I watch my kids play, right? We're sitting on the park bench instead of pushing the swing, and we don't have to. And when you were talking about eating in your 20s, when I think about what I ate in college, I literally can't believe I'm alive. Like, I was the one who would just go to Sam's Club and just go to the frozen section. I was like, all right, I'll just have a box of 50 taquitos, a box of 50 Chinese, like, whatever they are, Chinese food frozen, this food frozen. Like, when I think about it now, everything I ate was disgusting. I can't believe I didn't die from it. And if I eat that now, I would explode. Like I would double in weight. And it is exactly that. If we don't set the standard when we're young, we have these bad habits and we're surprised, right? Like you can get away a lot when you're a teenager, right? I had friends who would smoke a pack of cigarettes and then go play high school football and be fine. You can't, you cannot do things as you get older, your body changes and it just the price is higher for your misbehavior. It's kind of like if you got and drink, the hangover now is way worse than I was 18. I could go to class right. the next day now. So this is very interesting. Why do you think it's like something like 70% of Americans are obese, like a massive percentage. We've had this massive unhealthy tick and there's people who, you know, there's so much unhealthiness amongst the younger generation. What do you think is causing this massive cultural shift? I mean, I'm still overweight. Like I haven't finished my journey, right? But I'm still working out six, five, six, seven days a week, still trying to eat healthy every day, still checking my weight every day and all of these things. But it's a lot easier to gain weight. It's much faster gaining weight than losing it, right? It's like, oh, you can gain 20 pounds in a week, but you're only allowed to lose one or two pounds a week. So it's always this slower push down, right? These different rules. But why is everyone overweight now? Well, I think it comes down to a couple of different things. First and foremost, it's a belief system, Right, we just talked about that. We operate from the standards that we hold for ourselves, and that's first and foremost. Another people, uh, another thing is, it's the instant gratification and really the frame in which we approach fat loss, weight loss, working out, everything like that. Everyone's trying to work out for a result, right? They go to the gym, they want to get bigger muscles, or they go to the gym because they want to see the abs, or they go to the gym because they want to lose weight. I stop. That's like level one. That's level one working out. Level two working out, level three working out. Like I'm so far past trying to improve my aesthetics that like I do it strictly for the feeling. You said it before. I know I'm going to have more energy during the day if I'm working out in the morning. 
And I know that I, I do it a lot of the times for my own feeling. Like I wake up when I wake up, I'm automatically in a bad mood. I'm automatically anxious. I'm automatically worried about everything about my day. I'm already doing my checklist. What I need to do at noon, I got to hit this at lunch. I got to go over here and it's four o'clock in the morning and I have this checklist in my mind. And so I wake up very early in the morning and I get my workout in and I do my whole morning protocol strictly for the feeling because I need to take care of me. If I can get my feelings in check and I can take care of me, then I've already won my day. I win my day before the sun even comes up. So by the time my daughter wakes up, by the time my, my wife gets up, by the time I have to interact with clients or hop on a podcast or anything like that, I'm already at a 10. I don't need to worry about anything else. And even when I didn't have abs or I didn't have broad shoulders or I didn't have busts and veins and all that shit stuff, sorry, all that stuff, right? The whole idea was like, I felt better working out. And so I'm just going to do that every day. And so level one is like, I want to see my abs. I want to lose 10 pounds. But once we get there, then we start to realize that like, oh, I feel better. I have more energy. I'm showing up better. My, my emotional capacity is better. I'm more sturdy on my day-to-day basis. I feel like I can handle harder things. I'm more emotionally strong. I'm more mentally strong. Oh, I'm showing up better for my wife. Oh, I'm showing up better for my kids. Like, and then it becomes part of who we are. And so the way I break things down in my protocol and my, and, and, and in my phases is, it's four months, eight months, 12 months, okay? It takes four months to actually build a habit that sticks because of how crazy the world is. Number two, it takes eight months compounded on those first four months, so about a year, to start to make it a lifestyle where it's you go from I'm doing it right to I can't do it wrong, okay? And then it takes about anywhere between two to five years, depending on the person and how consistent they are, for it to become part of who you are as a person, part of your identity. At this point, I'm six years in, I don't not work out doesn't matter where I am. If there's a floor, I can do push-ups, burpees, everything like that. I was just on vacation this past weekend. I was in uh, Pennsylvania. There was no 24-hour gym. I couldn't get a day pass. And so I just hit the floor, 425 in the morning, just like I do every single day because I don't miss. And we do, and I do that so that way when my kids get up and everything like that, I'm squared away. I'm good. I'm already in a great place. And so I think that people are chasing aesthetics. I think that people need to focus on the feeling. I think they need to focus on who they're becoming. And if they pay attention to their habits and what they're doing on a day-to-day basis, it doesn't matter if you lose a pound this week or two pounds this week or whatever. It's like, did you hit your standards? Did you hit what you said you were going to do? Did you actually follow through? Do you have the integrity? That's what this is about. At least that's what I base my programs on. Yeah. One of the things that's really tricky is there's so much false reality. Like so many people that are posting on social media and doing videos and on television, they have these massive muscles and they're in every movie and they're juicing. And so you think, oh, that's possible. Right. And it's like, then, and it's so untrue. You can't, you're like, wait a minute, he put on 60 pounds of muscle in six weeks. Why can't I do that? And then you realize it's like, oh, it's because he's spending $20,000 a month on stuff that you have to ship in from other countries and all sorts of it's most people who are known for their physiques, they're cheating, right? And that's why they're short in their lifespan, all that stuff. And there's so, and that's what's tricky, right? There's this big movement of body positive women. You don't see that for men, right? Every single guy in a movie, right? You don't see Russell Crowe as the action star anymore. The guy put on five pounds and everyone's like, he's a pig. You can't be in movies anymore. It's like, what? right? Like, you know what I mean? It's like Brendan Fraser put on 20 pounds and now he's the whale. Like these guys don't even put on that much weight and they get pushed into the, oh, he's in the fat guy category. Now he's the bad guy. So we don't see that, right? We never see the possibility. Like the only version of healthy for men right now is six pack, right? That's the only thing that matters. And for everyone, that's not possible, right? Everyone has different bodies. Some people have huge shoulders, whatever, but that's the measurement right now. And it's like a lot of what we see, it's not actually attainable. It's literally impossible unless you juice. And I don't want to do that because I, it's like the consequences aren't worth it to me, right? Like I want to be healthy. Like the measurement for me is, as I mentioned earlier, is just, can I keep up with my kids? Can I play with my kids? Can I hang out with them all the time? Whatever they want to do. I have a rule that if my kids are swimming, I always swim with them. Every time they invite me to swim, even if I'm working, I join them. Like that's one of my things. And it's like, I want to be able to do that. That's my measurement. But we're constantly seeing something that's unattainable. So then when we go to the gym for six months a year, we don't get that result. It's really disheartening because we are looking at something that's impossible. Even like a lot of the men's fitness magazines I looked at as a kid, now I know the people they're putting on the covers weren't actually living a healthy lifestyle. So it's like a lot of that, right? We keep putting 
this visual in our brain that's not a good thing to look at. It's like, so what we're trying to look like is something that's impossible unless you do something unhealthy. So how do you help people or what should people do to put like the right type of goal in front of themselves? Like, oh, this is what I actually want. What this is the right way to measure my health. This is the right thing to focus on, right? Because exactly you talk about most people focus on, I want to go to the gym until I lose this much weight until I have a six pack. And obviously I'm still trying to push my weight down because I know I'm at an unhealthy weight, but how do you keep going after that, right? Like what is the way to keep maintaining and create a lifestyle? But it's so much of it's in your head because we're always saying, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. It's such an inconvenience. How do you break through that barrier? Yeah. So I want to unpack a lot of what you said, right? So first and foremost, in terms of what you're seeing in the movies and on cover, like cover magazine, stuff like that. Yeah. Those guys are all juicing. I a hundred percent agree. Do I think that you have to be on steroids to get a six pack? No. Do I think that everyone is going to have the genetics to have an absolutely diced up six pack? No. People hold weight in different areas. My brother, we had the same parents, right? Looks, has a totally different body type like me. Okay. Body type than I do. Right. I don't think even if my brother dieted down for a year, he could see his abs, but he's not going to have the same leanness as me. And that's just because he holds weight differently. But that doesn't mean that he can't get really, really lean. And But that's also not an equatable to health. Anything under 12% for a guy, really, you're pushing markers. I have a bodybuilding show on May 27th. So I'm like, I'm in the game, right? I'm eight weeks out. I'm low body fat percentage right now. I'm probably having around nine and a half, ten percent 10%. Is it sustainable? Sure. Is it the healthiest thing in the world? No. I'm going to get down to probably 4 5% body fat. That's not healthy at all. And no bodybuilder, by the way, in case anyone's wondering, they diet down. Like I have a cover model friend, okay, who gets down to 3% for his shoots. He's right back up to 10% plus in a week. Like they don't hold that. Nobody sits like that. And so the goal isn't necessarily to to always get down to 4% or 5% or anything like that. Really, the way that I break through this with a lot of my guys is we use goals as a marker for trajectory. And that's it. Because most people think like the goal is the end result. Once I have this, then I'll be happy. Once I get to this point or I get to this body fat percentage or I get to this level of leanness, then I'm good. I'm done. I, I worked out. It's like that's not what this is even about in the slightest. This is about building habits, right? Like you don't build a business online to $10,000 a month or $20,000 a month and go, oh, all the work's done. I'm good, right? You're more so focused on what are my habits? What am I compounding daily? And when it comes to fitness, it's no different. So it's like, cool, what's the trajectory? Is it weight loss? Awesome. These are the habits. This is what you got to eat. We're going to lean towards either restriction. We're going to lean towards tracking. We're going to find out. We're going to figure out what works best for you. And we're going to clip off 1% of your body weight a week. And that's it. We're just going to focus on that. If we keep winning that, then inevitably you're going to get wherever you want to go. And so you don't win by hitting a goal. You win by doing the habits. The work instills the worth. That's really what it is, right? So if somebody comes to me and they're like, dude, I got a company. By the way, I have... A guy that's a C-suite executive at Warner Music. I have a guy who runs the largest landscaping company in Westchester County, New Jersey, not New Jersey, Westchester County, New York. Like I got guys that are busy. I'm busy, right? I run my own business. I have everything going on. I'm a dad. I got it all going on too. The big thing when it comes down to getting busy is it's not that you don't have time. It's that your priorities are just different. Your priorities are just messed up. Don't tell me you have no time, but you're caught up on TV shows. Don't tell me that you don't have enough money, but you have a PS5. Don't tell me, like, name an example, and it's literally just a priority thing. Because I can get anybody into a very healthy state, a very healthy place, the best place mentally, will drop vices, and we'll do that in less than seven hours a week. If you're in the gym, if you're working out for more than seven hours in a week, you're working out too much. You don't need to. A lot of people, when I'm teaching them to start a business, there's the same excuses. I'm like, well, how much time do you spend a week watching TV? And it's always a massive amount. And I'm like, if you just recorded those shows and watched them without commercials, you could use that time to work on your business. You don't have to give the shows. But yeah, you do. And that's the thing. My business is such a habit. People always say to me, like, how do you keep going? I just work seven days a week. Like I had a, my dad gave me a piece of advice a few years ago. He goes, you shouldn't work more than six and a half days a week. 
And I was like, that's when you know one workaholic is giving advice to another when they're like, you should take off half a day a week, right? <laughs> spend, spend four hours a week with your family. And I, but I realized I was like, oh, I would rather work shorter days, but seven days a week than a long day, five days a week, right? Like that's how I like to break up my week. And so it's very much a habit, but it's exactly the same thing. My wife and I, we wanted to go see a movie last week. And I looked at the time and go, it's three hours long. And she was like, that's not happening. I was like, let's watch it at home. And that way we could watch it over the course of four days. Because they set aside three hours to me. And I guess I sound like an old man on his lawn, but I'm like, why are movies three hours long? Star Wars is less than an hour and a half. And everyone loves that movie. It doesn't have to be long to be good. There's a value in brevity, right? Like I'd rather something be short and useful and more efficient because I just want to spend time doing the things that are important to me. And I guess it's exactly the same excuses we use about working on our business. We use about fitness. It's like, there's always something you're doing that's a waste of time. We all have bad habits. I certainly do things that are wastes of time or that are inefficient. And I just realized for me that I have to do it first thing in the morning, right? So I get up at 5.45. Sometimes I wake up early. Actually, my trainer lives in my house. I had an extra room. I was like, I need him right here. <laughs> like, I want him here. That's so when awesome. I'm ready to work out, he's downstairs. And that's it. He doesn't do anything else, right? He's just, when I want to train, he's there. He trains me downstairs. I want to go to the gym, which we do sometimes, but not really. I was like, we have enough stuff downstairs. I can get a workout in. And first, when we first started working out, I was like, you got to do different stuff a lot. We can't, I know it's more effective to do the same workout every day. I was like, but I'll get bored. My motivation will drop off. That's a problem with me. So now we mix it up. I was like, it can't be too long. It's got to be under 30 minutes. 20 is my sweet spot. And then I'll be consistent. And you can get a really good workout. And there's this other idea. I remember one time a person was like, oh, you should train like 18 times a week. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, most days you do two. Sometimes you do three. I was like, well, I then you really can't have a life if you don't have a home gym. Then you're going to and from the gym. It's like, there's this idea that a workout has to take a really long time. But if you don't do any talking, and let's be honest, a lot of people at the gym are chit-chatting. If you move out all the talking and you don't go on water breaks, like when I'm at the gym, I don't drink water because I just want to be done as quickly as possible. I can, When we go to the big gym, I get a killer workout in less than 40 minutes at home. It's less than 20 and that allows me to have the rest of my day. It's not a huge amount of time. When I was living in America, yeah, driving to the gym, maybe it's a 30-minute drive there and a 30-minute drive back. Now it's a two-hour commitment, right? I can kind of, okay, I can see why you can complain about that, but how can I have an excuse now when it's 20-minute workouts? Before my kids wake up, I just get it done. But turning into habits is the most important part. And I'm still on the journey. And that's it's interesting that you say it takes years and years to get there because we want that instant gratification, right? And we have these other things we want to do sometimes. And man, so many times, right? I don't want to do it. Like I still, I wake up, but then once you start, you're fine with it, right? Like I actually never, I like going to the gym once I'm there. It's actually the trip to the gym that's always my problem. Same thing for me for snacks. I will never leave the house to go buy a snack. Like I would never, we, even if we live next door to a 7-Eleven, I would never walk out the front door to buy a bag of chips. But if they're inside the house, well, they're getting murdered. It's going to happen. So I know yeah. my line, it's at the front door. And it's different forever. Other people can keep stuff in the house and not eat it. My wife used to hide stuff around the house, but it was like, no, I'll find it. Like, and once I do, I can't control myself, but it's not in the house. The craving disappears. But so much of it is, like you said at the beginning, is like assessing yourself and being honest about what you're good at and what you're bad at. And knowing, oh, if I try and work out in the afternoon, I won't do it. Like, that took me a long time to learn that lesson. It's just not consistent. If I keep snacks in the house, I can't control myself. And we're playing around with more and more things with the diet, like learning like different paleo recipes. And there's a lot of these like paleo desserts. It's like, oh, I'll play around with that. But I eat one and then I weigh myself the next day to see if they're really okay. Cause I don't really trust that because it seems tricky to me. So a lot of it is self-assessment and kind of, you have to be honest with yourself and a lot of phases in life, right? When I wanted to get better at dating, when I want to get better at busy, you have to look in the mirror and go, I'm going to be really honest with myself and see what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. Cause that's the only way to get better is to take total responsibility. Yeah. I mean, that's why coaches exist. That's why trainers exist, right? That's personally, in my opinion, this is why I exist. I just tell people the truth. Like if you're telling me that if we have a check-in call, right? You're one of my clients and you're telling me that you're in the gym for 90 minutes. And I just had a client do this two weeks ago. He's like, dude, I, I don't know if I can do four workouts in a week. They just take too long. I'm like, bro, they're five minute workouts. He's like, really? Like, cause I'm in the gym for 75 minutes and 90 minutes. I'm like, what are you doing on your rest breaks? And he goes, well, I watched this YouTube video where it says that I need to rest three to five minutes in between sets to get max. I'm like, dude, you're not trying to get jacked. Like, you're not a bodybuilder. That's RP strength. That dude is talking to people who are trying to walk on stage this year. 
And so what I tell everyone is like your phone serves one, two purposes in the gym. Number one, music. That's fine. Number two, you should have your stopwatch open at all times running continuously. You finish a set 60 to 90 seconds. If you're waiting any longer than that, you're just wasting time. And so you can, I knock out my workouts in 48 minutes, 55 minutes at most. And I have long workouts. But if you're in the gym for an hour or more, you're dilly-dallying. You're just wasting time. I'm always thinking, how can I get out of here faster? So I'm like, let's, I'll do a 40-second break instead of 60 because I want to get done quicker. Yeah. Like, let's, I'm thinking about that end point. My wife does these marathon workouts and she's there for like forever. I'm like, what are you doing? You're gone for three hours. I'm like, do I need to be worried? Even when I go with her, I'm like, she just somehow makes it last forever. I'm always done first. But even if I do two back-to-back workouts, right, she's still going and that's her thing. It's fine. But you know, she does a lot of treadmill and a lot of that stuff. So that can take longer, but I'm all about, I want to, I get there and all I'm thinking about is leaving. I'm like, I want to get it done really efficient. But when I was younger, I would dilly dally and you're just chatting to people and you're doing other stuff and messing around and not being efficient. If you don't have your plan written down and you're just randomly doing whatever is available. And sometimes I have to do that when I'm at a travel gym, like I'm out of town. I'm like, what equipment do they have? I have to adapt. But it's very, then you create a bad habit. And then the bad habits reason you quit, not the good part, right? Like it's taking so long. So I can't do it. It's like very tricky because like I said, there's so much information out there. There's so many diets, so many exercises, so many workouts, so many routines, and everyone says that theirs is the best. And every time I work with a different trainer, like they give completely different diet advice and it's really, they all, and you never, you will never get two trainers to give the same advice, no matter who you talk to. And that's what makes it, there's not a universally accepted, this is good or this is bad in my lifetime. Eggs have gone from good to bad like 20 times, right? Eggs are evil. Eggs will save your life. Eggs are evil. Eggs will save your life. It's like, I don't know what's going on with eggs, but it's like, no, you can eat the outside, but the yolk is poison. No, actually the yolk is really good for you. It's how you get big. And it's like, if people can't decide if eggs are good or bad, how can we decide anything else, right? And there's so much bad information and some, it's hard to know what's the good information, right? It's just so much. If you look up anything on YouTube, right? You look up like, what's the right way to do a bench press? All five videos will have different ways of doing it. Yeah. You're always going to have conflicting information. And that's where the whole idea of awareness and the whole idea of testing comes into play. Like I did keto. And now, and when I do things, I don't just do things. Like I did, I committed to 90 days. I was like, I don't care how much it sucks. I'm doing this for an entire quarter. And I did it for an entire quarter. And I lost a ton of weight, dude. I lost a ton of weight. I went from 228 down to 192. But here's the issue. I looked flat. I had very little energy. And I was like spending an exorbitant amount of money at the local diner because all and in my head, I was like, all I could eat is steak, eggs, and bacon because I can't go to Chipotle. I can't do anything else. So I was like grub hubbing $30 like three eggs with bacon every single day. Because keto is one of those things like if you don't if you don't prep, like I was running my own business at the time, I was doing like 80 hour weeks. Like if you don't prep, like you're just you're screwed over. And so then I was like, you know what? Maybe that doesn't work. I gotta try something else. And I went the vegan route. And again, I don't just try things. Like I did it for an entire quarter. I did it for 90 days. And I'd never been more tired in my entire life. Uh, I was absolutely exhausted. Eating a, a, enough calories or anything like that on a vegan diet was tremendously difficult for me. And not only that, I was spending a ton of money again. And so what I, I, I saw a YouTube video. His name's Mike Isratel. Okay, he did a TED talk. And this guy, he's a uh, nutrition scientist down at Temple University in Philadelphia. And in nine minutes, he broke down what I talk about to all my clients is like, look, at any rate, food, each food has like a benefit and like a disadvantage. And so it's just understanding how they interplay and just bringing them into your life. And you can have a cheeseburger, but just don't have four every day, every week. You can have bacon, but just don't eat it three times a day. It's like you can have pretty much anything, just understand how it works. And so when I heard that, I was like, well, food is made up of macros. Food is made up of calories. If I just understand how that all interplays, then I can fit in pretty much whatever I want. I can have the flexibility because – you mentioned before, right? Like my sweet spot's 20 minutes for my workouts. It's so I'm going to stay consistent. That's the key. It's not about 
like most people think it's either I'm all in or I'm all out. It's zero or 100, right? Where the sweet spot is, is like, how can I be like a 60 to 70, seven days a week? Like, can I be like, like in the zone of progress, but not always perfect, perfect? Because it's not about what works. It's about what works every day. Like anything works once. One of the problems with a lot of the diets, like if you read the original paleo books, they're awful. Like the way they describe paleo, it's always the most extreme version. I remember she was like, oh, and for dessert, you can have a sliced walnut. And I was like, okay, there's no way you can chop one walnut and make it. It was, it's so extreme. Every, like every recipe she was describing was disgusting. And I was like, you don't have to do that. Right. Like the main rules of paleo is you just don't eat white carbs. Like that's the main thing. And then you just don't drink carbs, right? Like those are two rules I can handle. But as soon right. as you start describing like really disgusting, every meal has to be, it's like every meal has to be boiled like, or steamed. Nothing tastes good steamed, by the way. Like everything you steam is gross. And like when people, and I know like when people are on, they're training for bodybuilding, right? They're like, oh, I eat boiled chicken and steamed broccoli every day. It's not a pleasure. They're not having a good time and all that stuff, but it's like, and only for a short window, that's not sustainable because it's so awful. But a lot of the, every time you start something, a lot of people want to push it to the extreme. It's like, oh, you can only do keto if you're doing extreme keto, right? And it's like, you can only do paleo if you're doing like super Cro-Magnon style keto. I'm like, all right, let's not get crazy. Does every meal have to be gross? And that's, I think the biggest problem is when you're on a diet, if it feels hard, then you're not going to stick with it. Right. And if it feels tough and there are some challenges like having kids, they're not on restrictive diets like I am because they're all very healthy and like they have their own thing going on and my wife's on a different diet. So there's challenges with that. But whenever you try, if you're trying to do something that is hard, right. And you feel like you're going against your nature, that's what's really hard. And you're exactly right. For some people, calorie counting and knowing your macros really works. Cause you're like, I want to have a diet where I'm allowed to have those things. Whereas like, for me, I'm like, well, I don't have to do portion counting. All I do is just make sure that my trend is in the right direction. And it always is as long as I'm strict, right? It's like, as soon as I break a rule, then it like slides off. Right. And it's never worth it. Like if I eat pizza, which I had, my wife got me really bad on Saturday. Like, cause she ordered a pizza for the kids while we're at a restaurant and I didn't have any of it. Then she ordered a second pizza. And I'll be honest with you, man, like that, I don't have that level of willpower. Like I was, I had enough willpower to resist one and what happened when I ate two slices of pizza? I felt gross. Like afterwards, I didn't feel good in my tummy because I don't eat that much cheese, especially processed cheese like that. And it's like, there's these things knowing yourself, but if it's like really, really challenging all the time, it becomes all you think about. Like I know some people, they there's some diets I've been on where I think about food all the time. I don't want to be on that. The only reason I'm doing 16 is because I don't really think about food. It turns out I don't get hungry during those 16 hours. If I was thinking about food the whole 16 hours, like this morning, the last 30 minutes were tough. They were real tough. I don't happen this morning, but I just got really hungry about 30 minutes early. That was a tough 30 minutes. I couldn't do that for 16 hours. Are you kidding me? Like, and it's, there's this idea, especially in America, that it has to be hard. It has to be painful, but there are ways to improve your health without doing things that are horrible. Yeah. Like it's not about, like I always say, like the extreme, look, some guys like love that extreme. They're just like total masochists, right? They're like, I love eating boiled chicken and it's because it's hard that I want to do that. I tend to lean towards that. I like to do difficult things because it builds my self-esteem. I like to do things because it builds my self-confidence and my self-respect. I'm not saying that if you don't like to do th do hard things that you don't have any self-respect or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the way that my brain is aligned is I love when people are like, I can't do that. That's really hard. Because then immediately in my brain, I'm like, okay, now I want to try that. So where I, I think that there does need to be a certain level of discomfort because change doesn't happen unless you're uncomfortable. But there's a difference between unsustainable amounts of self-imposed torture for no reason that there's a diminishing level of return, right? Like if I'm so hard on myself and so strict on myself that I can't even budge a little bit or I got a slice of a walnut for dessert. It's like, okay, I get you. I see what you're trying to do here. But like at the same time, can we get the same result and not hate every aspect of it? And that's where I like to draw a fine line between it's let's get a little uncomfortable, but let's not get it to the point where you're going to want to retract backwards. I look at it like a pendulum. If you're super extreme and you swing in one direction, immediately very hard, then what ends up happening? You rebound equally in the other direction. This is why people lose a ton of weight and then they put it all back on in a month. 
because they like their diet that they worked with, they hire a transformation coach who's like, in the next 12 weeks, you're going to lose 50 pounds. It's the only way to do that is by like extreme calorie restriction, extreme food restriction. And then after those 12 weeks, the coach is like, thanks for the picks, bro. I'll see you later. It's like, dude, you can't do that. You have to work with a lifestyle coach, which is what I am. Everything I do is about what's going to work for the rest of your life. Yeah, and I think that's the most important thing is seeing it as a journey and as a long-term process because we can get we can do anything that stinks for 30 days or for 12 weeks, but after that, like you don't want to do that for the next 52 weeks or 1,000 weeks, whatever, but it's exactly that. Like Tonight with dinner, I had broccoli, but it wasn't steamed. If it had been steamed, I would have gone crazy. So I still ate a massive amount of vegetable. It was like stir-fried, which is, I live in Asia, so we stir-fry everything, and it's not perfect paleo, but 99% of the way there, right? And so I'm still eating something super healthy, but it's not gross. And that's for me, whereas other people, they won't eat broccoli no matter what. I definitely won't eat a Brussels sprout. I've never had one my whole life. My mom tried to beat me as a kid. I was like, not this. It looks like this the thing from Alien. I'm not eating an alien egg, but it is finding something. And I think that's what's really challenging is that we think it either has to be really hard and horrible and unsustainable. And then what most people do, and this is for most things, we create these really strict rules and that we break them one time. We go, oh, I guess my diet's over, right? Like we make one mistake and then the diet's over as opposed to saying, no, there's room for making mistakes because you're going to. You're going to miss a gym day. You're going to eat something you shouldn't eat. Don't quit. There's so much of this hair trigger of this massive amount of self-approbation, right? Like you look at yourself, you beat yourself up. You go, I ate a piece of pizza. I shouldn't have done that. I broke all of the rules. I'm a monster. I guess I'm not on paleo anymore. Like that's one way to look at it, right? But the other way I can look at it is like, well, I just have to make up for it, right? I can just get back in the saddle. You can have up and down days. Just want to have more up days than down days. But we have this way of approaching rules that's very much when we break one, oh, it's like if you quit smoking, which I did many years ago, and you have one cigarette, you go, oh, I guess I smoke now. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> let's not go back. To, let's not go all the way back, right? But we do that, especially with diet. It's almost like we're looking for any excuse to quit. I think part of it is that diet now in English kind of means a short-term change in what you eat for a result, as opposed to like when I say I'm on a paleo diet, I mean, it's a f every time I eat, it's how I make my choices. It's not for me, it's a forever thing, not a short-term thing. So I think that's why the way we see diets is like, oh, I go on a diet to get my goal. And then I go off the diet. That's, I think, such a problem is that so we do something that we can't sustain because it gets a quicker result rather than something we can't sustain with a slower result. Like, yeah, I would love to lose all the weight I want to lose in one week or in three weeks, but it's going to take another year probably, which is fine as long as I stay consistent. And I'm getting a lot of the other things I want, like being able to keep up with my kids. I'm never feeling hungry. I'm never feeling annoyed. I don't get grumpy about my diet. I don't get grumpy if my kids are having French fries and I can't because I'm eating things that I like. So it's a little bit slower, but the consistency is so important. We often get so focused on the goal that we ignore the process and we need a process that's sustainable. That's why everyone, like most people go through like dozens of diets in their lives and that's the wrong mindset. It's like, no, just find one that you can sustain. Even if it's a little slower, it's better have one that's sustained than one that's faster and you quit. hundred percent. It's just like building a business. Like you talk about helping guys and gals start like their online business. Like you don't build a hundred thousand dollar a month business in a day because you've worked really, really hard and did it worked a 20 hour day. Right? Like that's, I, I don't sleep Monday through Tuesday. It's like, that. that's just not what's going to help you win in the long term. It's always about what works every day. And this is why I have a concept that I call the zone of progress, right? I, I alluded to this before. Most people are either all or nothing. Like you just said, if I have one cigarette, if I have a piece of pizza, like, oh, I'm off the diet now, or I'm off, I guess I'm a smoker again. And this is what I just tying back into what I said about standards and raising your standards. Most people have either I'm perfect or I'm not doing anything. Either I hit every single marker or I'm off. And, and, and they identify with either what I call a zero or 100 mentality. And what we want to do is we want to raise the standard. Like if you have a zero or 100 mentality, like if you have a slice of pizza and you immediately think that you're off the diet, then you have a stand, like you have crappy standards. You have very low standards for yourself. What you need to do is you need to realize that if you raise your standards, like what I tell my guys in Unbreakable Dads is 451, right? 451, something easy they can remember. I tell them like, hey, tattoo this on your hand so you never forget. Four workouts a week, five days of hitting your macros and your calories each week, and then a gallon of water a day. 451, you do that, you're going to progress. 
right? Because what that tells you is, okay, well, I have this schedule, right? I scheduled that I'm going to work out on Tuesday, but my daughter gets super sick. I got to keep her home all day. I don't have time to go to the gym. My wife needs to stay long for a meeting. And it's like life gets in the way. Okay, this morning, my daughter is actually sick. And luckily, I kind of, my mother-in-law is on spring break for school. She's a teacher and she swooped in and, and took it. But I almost had to reschedule this podcast. But long story short, like if I didn't, if let's say I had all those things happen where I couldn't work out, it's like, well, I just have to make sure that I hit four workouts a week. Like my standard is four workouts a week. It's not seven. Like if my standard seven and then I missed, then all of a sudden I have this like mental break in the shame cycle of like, oh my God, I missed a workout. Like I'm not perfect. It's like, well, who cares? Like my standard right now is five. If I have to take a day off because life happens because we're dads and we have kids and we have people relying on us, that's okay as long as I make up for it in another area. So it's just raising your standards and living in that zone of progress. If you do four, five, one, you're going to progress. Are you going to progress as much as if you got six workouts that week? No. But is it okay that you still got four because you still won your week? Yes. And so you can still look at it like I still won that week. And then you start to building momentum. And eventually you get to the point now where it's like I said, I'm years in. Like I could take a day off, but sometimes I don't even want to. Like I haven't missed a day in the gym. Even if I go just to walk and stretch and, and do recovery stuff, I haven't missed a day in the gym in six months. I've gone seven days a week for six months. But is it is that something like that's my standard? That's what I'm doing. Cool. But I have guys on my program that are looking great, feeling great, super connected with their family, progressing in their careers. They go four times a week. And that's fine. But it's just what's gonna what is gonna allow you to live in that zone of progress week over week so you can stack wins for years and for decades. I think that's really cool is to approach it one week at a time because so often we do these things that don't work and we get distracted because life does happen. So I think this has been very, very cool. You spent a lot of time with me and I really appreciate it. I know people want to learn more about you. Tell people where they can find about you and find out more about becoming an unbreakable dad. Absolutely. The best place to find me is on Instagram at unbreakable dads. Uh, you can also go to unbreakabledads.com. You can take a look at some of my client testimonials, things like that. Um, I have a breakdown of like why I do this, how I got so inspired to do this. Uh, and if you want to apply for coaching on unbreakabledads.com, feel free to do that. I'll be in touch with you and immediately. All that stuff, like I don't have some of these guys on here, like they have their teams or whatever. If you DM me, it's me. If you text me, it's me. So feel free to, to send me a text. And I got a bunch of free resource guides too. If you want to go to unbreakabledads.com forward slash on the go, I have an entire on the go guide for my dads out there who spend their days either going out on sales calls or they're in the car or they're truck drivers or you're out and about with the kids. I went to every single fast food menu and I broke down what are the three to five healthiest options. So if you get stuck where all you got is a Pizza Hut, a Wendy's, something like that, I still hook you up and you can still eat something that's going to move you towards your goals. So I got something for you there. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I know people are going to love it. I think this is going to be a very cool episode because we got a lot of dads that are trying to build a business and still want to take care of their bodies. Absolutely. Thank you so much, John. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Serve Master Podcast. Get a free copy of my bestseller, Fire Your Boss, right now on Amazon. Go to servermaster.com forward slash get fire or just search Fire Your Boss on Amazon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Serve No Master Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next week with more tips and tactics on how to escape the rat race. Please take a moment to leave a review at servenomaster.com forward slash iTunes. It helps the show grow and more listeners means more content for you. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.